Welcome to the Clovercrest Baptist Church podcast. For more information about Clovercrest Baptist Church, go to clovercrest.com.au. Uh, we're going to have a family chat. From time to time, uh, we just discuss some things that are going on in the life of the church. Uh, and uh, there's three things that I want to give a little update on uh, today. And then want to, I want to explore uh, something with us. So I want to give a little update uh, around our uh, Leadership Academy. And then also, I want to give an update on Heart for the House uh, for 2022. And then thirdly, I want to give an update on Clovey Gawler. So three little updates. And then I want us to spend a little bit of time exploring the themes that came through from our prayer and fasting season that we had in March because we're a people of faith and we want to hear what God is saying to us and we uh, want to attend to those things and then ask him um, how do we move forward uh, from that uh, place. So firstly, um, with our, our leadership uh, our academy and our leadership development pathways, uh, we went through uh, a God-sized dreaming process a couple of years ago where we looked at, well, where, where's Clovey going to be in 2030? What's going to be important to us? And one of the key vision priorities that came out was around multiply, around raising and releasing leaders. We see so much uh, gospel opportunity uh, in, in many different areas and sectors of society and life. And for us to continue to... Uh, but to continue to participate in what God is doing in that way. And it is my uh, real treat today to let you know that Chris Partington has been the successful person to become our Director of Leadership for two days a week. So let's put our hands together for Chris. And Chris is here with us today. So Chris, we celebrate with you today. You. She, there was a number of people that applied for the role and, uh, and Chris, uh, we uh, yeah, really are so grateful uh, that God would uh, have called you into this role and for us to be able to now walk into this, uh, one of these vision priorities in this way. That's right. So you've been part of Clovey for some time and people might know you from another role, the leader of life groups, That's which you're going to keep doing, right? That's right. Yes, I'm good. not giving that away yet. Yeah, good. Yeah, the might have been some people's thought, but she's doing such a good job in life groups. Why? Uh, but actually uh, doing uh, some extra here with the director of leadership role. So for those that don't know you, Chris, why don't you just um, just share a little bit about who you are? Sure, I'd be glad to do that. And uh, I just want to say with the, one of the songs we sang, we talked about God's faithfulness. And when I think of my story, that's God's faithfulness working throughout my life. Look, I'm slightly over 30. Okay. I'm over 40, and I want to just give you a few snippets, or we'd be here all day. <laughs> so I uh, came to, us, uh, to Australia 25, uh, just over 25 years ago. Russ and I married in the States, and Russ came back, and I relocated. And almost the entire time I have been here at Clovey Baptist Church. I was born in Michigan. My parents became Christians when I was about eight or nine, and then I likewise became a follower of Jesus around ages age nine or 10. Uh, I went off to uni. I went to Central Michigan University, just to give you a bit of background, and I have a degree in public health education and business administration, because we like big titles in the States. And then I mainly worked in the health promotion field, so as a corporate operations manager for a hospital where we delivered services to businesses. I then came to Adelaide, and I worked as an HR facilitator or human resources, 
at, uh, I seemed to do a Baptist thing. It was for Baptist homes for the aged at the time. And then I transitioned over to Tabor, where I was the administration manager for the education faculty for 14 years. And then I repurposed in 2021, um, and look what God has done in the interim, uh, allowing that to happen. And my volunteer time is, as you mentioned, also a board member for Baptist Care. Yeah, wonderful. Thank you so much. You put a lot into that little bit there. Uh, so that's a little bit about uh, your story. Uh, tell us about um, leadership and, and why, why is developing leaders and for us raising and releasing leaders uh, for uh, kingdom purposes, why, why is that an important thing to be pursuing? Well, like you mentioned, Mike, it's part of our vision and part of what we want to do. And if any time is ripe, it's now. We really need good leaders. And that's part of our Actually, it's part of our DNA here at Clovey, and I was thinking back and reflecting and thought about 20 years ago, there was a time when this church actually did raise and release leaders, and you mm. and I were both part of that at the yeah. time in different areas and ways. Mm. And it's still there, but it's been on a very quiet back burner. So now is the season, I believe, to really... Uh, focus on raising up and releasing leaders. And you think about the story of Esther, and she was brought in at a time such as this. And I know that God is, I trust, already working in your hearts and lives to uh, be ready to be formed in leadership. I like that word that you use, repurposed. I wonder if oh, God yeah. is speaking to some people about repurposing uh, where your kingdom right. investment is. Uh, now, let's just talk a little bit about what's in your heart uh, for the Leadership Academy, and because it's around raising and releasing leaders in the everyday. It's also in the marketplace. That's right. It's also for uh, church revitalizations and plants, such as Gawla and others that will come in the future. So yeah. tell us a little bit about what's in your heart as you get started mm. into this role. I think what I've been able certainly to see is that leadership at all levels is crucial. And what this will give an opportunity to is to consolidate the um, skill development and the spiritual formation of our leaders by putting it under one big umbrella and coming alongside the ministry team and all of you in terms of how we can grow and develop you as leaders. And it doesn't matter if, uh, doesn't matter your age. Look at Moses. He was still going strong at 120, and I don't think anyone's even close to that, so it's good. It will give an opportunity for all of you. And some of you, even I thought about a song we sang this morning, too, in that it doesn't matter. You may think that God couldn't use you anymore. He can. And he wants to do that. And we need, leadership is just crucial, and we want to be able to speak into that. We want to be able to look at and see what's in you and allow you to bring that to fruition. And we want to make it a vibrant training center, not make it so formal that it's stiff, but we want to make it fun and vibrant, and I think that's important. So um, I'd be keen to speak with any of you, or you may certainly contact me on email, which is cpartington at clovercrest.com.au. Yeah, it's wonderful. Thank you so much. Thanks, Mike. I'd love to pray uh, for you. Thank so, you. Church, would we stand? Stand where you are and, and extend a hand, and let's pray a blessing on Chris today. Lord, we want to thank you for Chris. We want to thank you for her life. 
We want to thank you, Lord, for your faithfulness in her life, Lord. Uh, thank you, Lord, that she's been part of Clovey for 20 plus years and the investment that she has brought with herself, bringing herself before you. We thank you for this new chapter, this new opportunity, this new season, Lord, as we put some real focus on developing leaders across a range of different sectors in our society for your kingdom purposes. Lord, we don't know exactly what that's going to look like, but we know you've asked us to do it. So we're stepping forward in faith and we're praying today for an anointing and a blessing to be on Chris. Lord, as she puts a roadmap forward in faith, as she develops team, as we move into the things that you have for us around raising and releasing leaders for your kingdom purposes. And we thank you, Lord, in your name. Amen. Amen. Put your hands together for Chris. Also wanted to let you know the second update today around Heart for the House. We'd be normally launching Heart for the House about now, and it's a uh, for those that don't know, Heart for the House is our annual giving campaign, our above and uh, beyond uh, giving campaign from our regular tithes and offerings that go into uh, different areas of the life of the church, our community, and the world. Um, but we've um, put a pause on Heart for the House. Uh, for June this year, and we've delayed it until uh, September. And the reason for that is because uh, this year, as you know from last year, a big focus for Heart for the House is around the auditorium. And uh, we've got a little of the way through that planning process. Uh, but if you've been doing any work at your house or in your workplace and to get quotes and then to get um, firm prices and then to get, uh, to get um, people to come out and do the work, it's really hard right now. I don't know if you've experienced that in your world, um, but it's been incredibly hard. And Lee Huckmeister and the team have been doing a wonderful job moving this project forward, but we haven't got the project to a place that we're ready to present uh, to, uh, to the church for feedback. And we wanted to get some more costings around that and wanting to get that to a place where uh, we can have some good uh, feedback and, and discussion as a church before we move ahead with it. So we're going to be delaying uh, that until um, the end of... Uh, the end of August, uh, that's when we'll be launching it. And the giving for Heart for the House will be at the end of uh, September. So just wanted you to know that, a bit of an update around that. The, the importance of the auditorium and upgrading the auditorium is really important from a mission and strategic perspective. Uh, we've been talking about one room, many rooms. We've been looking at the fact that we gather in this room, but we also have many rooms gathered online. In the last couple of years, our online growth and development has been significant. We've taken some big jumps forward, but we've taken some big jumps forward on some really limited resource. And the truth is the team's done a magnificent job and doing that step and getting us to that place. But part of the auditorium upgrade is to look at some of the digital and the tech side of things so that Clovey Online can continue to be part of who we are as an online campus. So that mission expression is really important. Also, in the room experience is really important as well, and we're uh, needing to look at things like acoustics um, with some of the um, lift of production over, pre over the last couple of years. That's been a really good lift, but this room isn't actually set up. Uh, it doesn't have any acoustic treatment around it. Um, it's actually probably in the wrong kind of um, angles and ways. And we've been looking at different ways of uh, how we can make things better from that perspective as well. So from a discipleship and, and mission perspective, it's actually really important. 
It's also, so one room, many rooms is what we've been talking about. We've also said the auditorium served us well over 25 years. And if you've been part of Clovey since uh, 1996, when we moved up here, these chairs feel pretty comfy. They're pretty worn. They're enjoyed. But if you talk to any of the Tuesday guys who do the work on them, they'll say they were at end of life a number of years ago, <laughs> but they just continue to work and keep them going. Also, the the, uh, air conditioner, back when we moved in in 1996, the famous story is David George was told, oh, by the way, you'll need 50 grand for a new air conditioner in 1996. And uh, we've just managed and massaged and got it through. And every now and again, you might sit under one of the vents and think, do I have dandruff? (laughs) No, you don't have dandruff. It's the chips coming through <laughs> the uh, air conditioner that just might rest on your uh, shoulder and you might wipe it off. Uh, and if that's new information for you, I'm glad that I was able to tell you that uh, today for the first time. And it, we've just massaged this air conditioner through for 25 years and, uh, and we need a new one, you know, from that perspective. So there are some, uh, just some things that have come to end of life that need to be looked at. Uh, so that's really important, seats, carpet, you know, uh, and uh, air conditioner. But then the mission and discipleship side from an acoustic treatment uh, perspective and the layout and how the room looks um, in terms of the aspects and different ways that we go about that. All very, uh, very important. So we want to get that process right so that we can come to the church. And particularly, a number of people are just like, yep, we're ready and this is time. But others will want to talk that through. And that's okay. And it's good and right. So um, we will get that um, to a point where there'll be some discussion as a church at the end of June, start of July. And then uh, we will launch Heart for the House late August and the giving uh, for Heart for the House, which is a a big one for the auditorium. And then also for Baptist World Aid will uh, be on September the 25th. So my ask for you now is that you'd be praying into that and you'd be asking the Lord, okay, you've got a couple more months. There's some things happening in in the world in terms of cost of living and, and things are happening around the place. But we are people of faith and we trust God in all his will and his ways. So keep, just pray and ask God, what's the number he's wanting you to give? And then work towards that. And then our heart for the house will be uh, end of August to September. Third update is around uh, Clovey Gawla. For those that don't know, for the last six months, uh, Gawla and Baptist Church and, and Clover, we've been in discussions. About six months ago, I was approached by the Baptist Churches of South Australia that Gawler Baptist Church was um, looking likely to close. And they asked if they could start a conversation with us around what it would look like for them to be adopted into our church family. Uh, so it's quite a different conversation to how we release people out to Andrew's farm to an autonomous church and then they, and they planted that church and, and that's how that went. This is a very different um, process. They've asked to become part of us and to become part of our family. And this began a conversation and a discernment process that we've been going through for around the last six months. And uh, we came up with a bit of an, a goal for uh, Clovey Gawler and that would be that it's a thriving community of faith in the Gawler region, experiencing God creating community and reaching beyond with the love and the life of Jesus. And I said to Gawler in one of our first meetings, I said, imagine if God would breathe on this in such a way, this partnership, that churches would be planted out of Gula Baptist Church into the growing north. And two weeks ago, I was at a, a conference with the Baptist churches and we spent this time in prayer and I felt like God just, by His Holy Spirit, just dropped into me the words, the north for Jesus, the north for Jesus. And I just couldn't, I couldn't move away from that. And then the following week, I was invited uh, by a, a council um, developer and planner from the Playford Council to do a tour of the northern area. I don't know if you've been out there, 
much or in recent times, I'd encourage you to go for a drive. I went to a place, place called Anglevale, another place called Riverlea. These are going to be uh, new uh, developments. Uh, at the moment in Anglevale, 200 people live there. By 2040, they say that 10,000 people are going to live there. Riverlea is the new suburb that's being built. If you go out on the Port Wakefield um, Highway, Northern Expressway, and all you'll see at the moment is palm trees. There are just hundreds of palm trees. But this is going to be a, a development which is going to be around the size of Mount Gambia. And by 2040, they say 10,000 people are going to live there. And people are moving into this area because of the Northern Expressway. And you can get land that is somewhat affordable and it's only half an hour from the city. I don't know, it's right on our doorstep, the north, uh, and the expansion into the north. And I felt like God say, Mike, what would it be like if we moved in with Gawler and we, we, we partnered with them, we revitalised Gawler Baptist Church, and then in the next 10 or so years, we planted a church in Angle Vale or River Lee by God's grace and had a gospel presence in the north where there is so under-resourced at this present time. I don't know about you, but it did something in me. I felt like the Holy Spirit just nudged me and said, this is where we need to be focusing into the future, which is why leadership is so important, right? So anyway, the church council received a formal letter from Gawler Baptist Church, uh, and then uh, we've brought that to our members for tomorrow night to be endorsed. And then uh, if that goes ahead and moves uh, forward, then we're going to move again into our God-sized dream, into the vision priority of Expand, One Church, Many Gatherings. We've already looked into that from a Clovey Online perspective, but this is another step uh, in terms of a physical campus. It's a really, really great opportunity for us. And then the next steps from there is going through the due diligence and the formal processes around legal finance and governance. We'll, we'll um, put out for a campus pastor and trust God in that process as well. And then we are looking to recruit uh, and uh, commission a pioneer team. I've already had two families ask to meet with me and say, we're really interested in what God's doing in the North. We'd really like to be part of that pioneer team. And it might be that God's been speaking to you about that as well. Also wanted to let you know that we put in uh, for a grant with a philanthropic trust that uh, specialise in church uh, innovations and church revitalisations and planting. And I found out a couple of weeks ago that we were successful in a grant of $250,000 that will mean that Clovey Gawler will have three years to actually um, grow into becoming sustainable in, in that way, which is just amazing. Can we thank God for that? Like... Normally when people go out church planting or revitalising, they go out and they have a dream and a passion, but they're working two or three jobs uh, to actually try and make ends meet. And God has provided the finances for this uh, so that we have a three-year run uh, at seeing Clovey Gawler become sustainable uh, in its own way, which is an absolutely beautiful thing. So if you're starting to get moved by that, then come and see one of the team and let's have a chat about what God might be saying or doing in your world. So I've just presented the Leadership Academy, Heart for the House and Clovey Gawler. What I want you to do now is I want you to turn to the person next to you and just pray for one of those things. That may be the one that God has just kind of just brought out on your, uh, on your heart today or maybe one that, uh, one that you know just we need to pray into. If you're online, then drop that prayer into the chat. But I just want just for a minute now, turn to the person next you throw up a, a couple of prayers and do that so come on let's do that let's turn and pray let's do it now
Oh God, we want to thank you, Lord, that you want to lift our eyes in faith. You want to move us forward. Lord, I want to thank you that with you, things don't stand still. Lord, that you've got plans and you've got purposes. And Lord, we want to position ourselves before you as a church family. Lord, that would be a church that would be saying yes to you and stepping into the things that you have for us to continue to do that work uh, in and through our lives. Lord, thank you so much for your provision. Uh, Lord, you're the God who owns a cattle on a thousand hills. And Lord, you provide. And Lord, we can see your affirmation with Clovey Gawler through your hand of provision. And we thank you with the finances and we pray, Lord, for the right campus pastor to be coming into that role as well. We bless you, Lord, we thank you. And God's people said, amen, amen. amen. A little bit of time now looking at our prayer and fasting themes. We are a people of faith. We're a people of faith and we, we want to be walking in God's will and in His ways. We, we want to be a people who attend to His voice. We want to be a people who listen to what He has to say. And we did that as a community in March. Uh, we did that uh, with the prayer and fasting that we went through and then we had an opportunity to speak back and provide feedback in a number of ways. And we want to listen to that but we also want to live in a way that pleases Him. So I want to bring you some themes that God spoke to us as a community about. The first one is around surrender, around surrendering to God. The, the second theme was having a confidence in God. And the third theme was having an obedience for God. These were the themes that came through. Under surrender to God, there were phrases like, be still and listen. Seek first the kingdom of God. Don't be an observer, but taste and see that the Lord is good. Under confidence, things that were written by you guys were things like, God is doing a new thing. Clovey is a place where, where God and needs are met, a beacon of hope. And don't fear small beginnings. And under obedience, there were words such as, be bold. Share faith with urgency. Keep moving forward. I wonder if I was to ask you today in a moment of reflection, if I was to ask you, you know, what does it look like for you today, this day, to surrender to God? What is He saying to you afresh? Or, or what areas of your life do you need to put your confidence in Him? And how is God asking you to live in obedience to His will and to His ways? As I was reflecting on these themes of being a people who surrender to God, to have our confidence in God and our obedience for God, it led me to the story of Joshua. And I was thinking about and reflecting on who Joshua was as a man and a leader in God's kingdom. And Joshua was a great man that we find early on in the, uh, in the Old Testament. And he followed on as the leader of Israel after uh, Moses uh, had died. And God had a strong calling on Joshua, on his life. And, and, and Joshua was gripped by some words that God spoke into his life and early in his ministry. And, and he said these words in Joshua 1, familiar maybe to us uh, who have been in church and faith for some time. He said these words, Be strong and courageous, because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. Be strong and very courageous. 
Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. And do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. And keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. And then you'll be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. These are the words that God spoke into Joshua's life after there being a big generational change and a generational shift in leadership from Moses to Joshua. And if you're thinking, what did Joshua need to be? Well, he needed to be strong, didn't he? He needed to be courageous. Three times he was called that. He needed to be a man who got into God's word and lived it, verse 8. And then verse 9, having the assurance to know that God is with him every step of the way. Now, Joshua and the Israelites, the people of God, they had this amazing journey with God and they entered the land that God had before him. They took over this land after nearly 500 years of being landless. In chapters 1 to 12 in Joshua, they take the land. Chapters 13 to 22 is where they distribute the land among the 12 tribes. And in chapters 23 and 24, the book ends with a covenantal pledge between God and His people. And what is their response to this story that they've gone through? They worship. They worship Him. Uh, They worship before God. And towards the end of Joshua's life, after living a really full, adventurous, rewarding life, he was strong, he was courageous, he lived by God's Word and he walked in the plans that God had for his life. He speaks these words and I believe these are a prophetic word to us today, coming out of our prayer and fasting themes, coming out of maybe, uh, maybe just the most disruptive couple of years we've all probably lived. These words are a prophetic word into our lives, into our church. And I believe we need to take them seriously. Joshua 24 from verse 14, he says, Now fear the Lord and serve Him with all faithfulness. Throw away the gods of your ancestors' worship beyond the Euphrates River and in the Egypt and serve the Lord. But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve whether the gods your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. Joshua gives us three clues here around, I think, how we can take these prayer and fasting themes and live them into our lives. He says to fear the Lord, which is, to surrender. He says to throw away the the little G gods of the past, have our confidence in Him and to choose to serve the Lord, have an obedience for Him. So to fear the Lord, to, to surrender before Him, to fear the Lord means to revere and put God first above all other things to surrender. And Joshua was faithful to God's call on his life. He lived a surrendered life before him. And after all these years, he calls God's people to fear him and to put him as number one. 
And I guess that's the question for us today. Do we fear God? Do we revere Him? Do we put Him number one above all others? Maybe coming out of this pandemic, maybe the most important question that we can be asking ourselves is where is our heart? Where is our heart before the Lord? Do we fear Him? Or have we placed some other things in there? And, and God maybe is convenient, but we might not fear Him. Do we fear the Lord? Do we revere Him? Is He our number one? A posture of surrender. The second thing Joshua says is to throw away the little g gods to have our confidence in Him, for us to fear God and to serve Him. What are the, the gods of our ancestors? What, what are the little g gods that maybe we go back to? Maybe we find comfort in. Maybe we find our minds or our attitudes or our actions drifting back towards. But actually, we need to have a confidence to put God first. And this relates into this question, where's our heart? Because where our heart is, Jesus would say, our treasure is also. And that's where our confidence is. What are the little g gods that are rattling around in you? Maybe the God of the little g gods of your past. The ones maybe you find comfort in or the ones that you go back to. Maybe you find yourself naturally going back to wanting to be affirmed by others. Or, or, or naturally going back to wanting to control a situation. And the last couple of years, you've gone, well, I'm going to put my hands on it now. I'm going to grab it now because I, you know, the ground feels pretty shaky. Is there a little G God of control or a little G God of self-reliance or a little G God of fear? Fear of change. Fear of what's next. Fear of being uncertain again. How is God asking you today to have a posture of confidence? A confidence in Him. A confidence where we say, God, I'm sorry about these things. Please do a work in me so that I can have more confidence in you. And then thirdly, He says, choose to serve the Lord. Obedience. Joshua was laying down a huge challenge and asking his people to weigh it up and make a choice. Choose God and serve Him or don't. Just don't pretend about it. Don't play the game. Weigh it up, make the choice. Go in or say, not for me. And he was putting this challenge before God's people. And you know, Joshua didn't miraculously get teleported to be this man who could speak this way at the end of the book. No. He took one step into the next step, into the next step, and he lived out his calling one step, one choice, one day at a time. And he lived being strong and courageous. He lived being a man of God's word. He lived with an assurance that God was with him and he could live in that way. And like Joshua, God has a plan and he has a calling on our lives. He has a plan and he has a calling on us as a church. And God deeply loves us and he cares for us and he wants us to grow in him as we live for him. He wants us to be a people of surrender. 
He wants us to be a people of confidence and He wants us to be a people of obedience. And these are the themes that I'm just massaging out with us today that God has spoken to us about, about being a people who put God above all others and to be a people who seek to live a life that pleases Him. And this is so important as we consider the things that are ahead of us. When we consider stepping into something like Clovey Gawler, stepping into the new, or when we consider what it means to put a fair bit of money into upgrading the auditorium for the mission here and the mission out there. Or we consider what it means to develop leaders and, and to put some focus into that like we haven't probably done since the 90s. But God's asking us to do it. So how do we surrender before Him? How do we put our confidence in Him and how do we live in obedience for Him? In 1940, a group of students from Wheaton College went on a field trip. They went from America to England and they went to visit some of the revivalist sites of the 1700s. You know, people like John Wesley and the like who preached and saw many, many people come to faith. And these students went on this tour on this field trip and they went to John Wesley's house and they were getting a tour of John Wesley's house and they went up into his bedroom and they noticed the students that there were two kind of like worn out patches near John Wesley's bed, about where his knees would have gone, about where he would have prayed. And they shared a story about, yeah, this is where John Wesley spent a lot of time in prayer. And they went on with the tour and, and, the, and they kind of finished the tour. The, the professor got the students back in the bus and, then the stu- and the professor was doing a head count on the students and realised that he had one missing. So he went back into the house and he was looking around for this student and he went up into the bedroom and he found the student kneeling down into the same patches that were worn out. And he heard this student praying. And the student was praying and he was saying, Lord, do it again. Lord, do it again. Lord, do it again with me. And the professor went and he tapped the student on the shoulder and he said, son, it's time to go. And up got Billy Graham, turned around and went back onto that bus, finished his theological studies. That professor wouldn't have known what that moment was, but that shows us something about Billy Graham, doesn't it? Because if you don't know who Billy Graham is, he's the evangelist of this generation. Over 2.2 billion people have heard the gospel through his ministry. Lord, do it again. Do it again. Do it again with us. What does it look like? No matter what your age, your stage, whether you're with us, in the room or you're joining us from across the nation or over the seas. What does it mean for us to step into the future that God has for us, where we have a surrendered posture before Him? We have our confidence in Him and our obedience is for Him. And I just sense the Lord asking us to make a commitment before Him afresh today, where we would say, as for me and my household, 
we will serve the Lord. And if that is true of you, I just want to invite you to stand where you are now. If it's true of you, a commitment in your heart where you want to say, as for me and my household, we want to serve the Lord, to be surrendered, to have confidence in God and obedience for Him. If that is true of you, just stand where you are. Stand before the Lord and before your people today. And if you're online, do the same. Don't stand because other people are standing. Stand because in your heart today, you're saying, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Because that has, that has implications. That has implications. It's in the room, online. If you're online, stand now if that's you. If you're making that commitment in your heart. If you're in the room, look around. Have a look around. Have a look who, who you're standing with. It's okay. Have a look around. Have a good look around. Look who you're standing with. Look who your running partners are. Look who your family of God is. Because if we're going to be a people who are surrendered, a people who have confidence in God and a people who live in obedience, we cannot do that alone. We cannot do that alone. We need to be in supported, accountable relationships. So have a good look around. See who your running partners are, your training partners, the ones that you're going to walk and pray and live with as we step into what God has for us. Let's pray together. Father God, we thank You.